It's going to be fun. I do not have an intro at all for it, but <laughs> welcome back to Create Daily. Today, we have James Chapman, who is also a creative, more of in the entrepreneurial sense, though, but I'll let yeah. him tell a little more about his story. Thank you all again for tuning in, and sorry for such the uh, time difference in the last episode and this one. It's been busy, but uh, James, thank you for, for being here today. Question number one, how do you, how do you create? So first off, man, thank, thanks for having me. I'm a huge fan of your work. I know I've told you that before, and every, every time we get to get to link, I'm, I'm really inspired by, by what you're doing and happy to be here. As far as as far as like my creative process, you know, I I have to really kind of isolate myself whenever I, I try to start my creative process because I don't like to be influenced by other things, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be friends, family, social media, whatever. So like first thing I do whenever I want to get into my creative process is just isolate myself, and then I also try to play music with no words. And so I've got a I've got a channel on Pandora that I listen to. It's called High End Sound, okay. and usually the music that's on that that particular playlist it's kind of upbeat music no words but like really smooth and I think that that just kind of helps me space out a little bit you know and then from there I start to just kind of let my mind take shape and I don't I don't make any rules right mm-hmm. because I think that that's the that's the problem a lot of times with with our creative process and when we're trying to push a product out there is that we we put ourselves into these lanes where where it has to be this or it has to be that yeah. but that it shouldn't be right. Just like let it all like throw it all up on the wall and then what's supposed to stick is going to stick. But don't go into it saying it has to be, you know, one way or another. Like, for example, where I'm launching a new startup this summer and we've been trying to think of a name for it. Right. We have been like going like, all, you know, all around. And so like I did the same process that I'm saying now with like trying to think through the name, which basically just saying like, all right, free your mind, like no rules. Oftentimes I'll meditate before I get into my creative mm-hmm. process because I feel like that also helps me like going into things with a clear mind. And then from, from there, I just like let everything go, right? Throw out all possibilities, anything that th- uh, that like comes to my mind, I'll jot it down or I'll write it up on a sticky note or something like that. And then from there, try to shape and, and you know, um, and move things. Increase. So, But the, the creative process is, is, I think it's the most important because it ends up getting you to the end product. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You have to have a process. You know, most people, the public only sees the product that gets put out, but they don't really get a chance to, to zoom in on that process that you go through as the person behind the business or behind the idea, or behind whatever it is before it goes out there to the world. Yeah, I love what you're saying about don't go in there already trying to have these preconceived notions almost. Straight up. Understand it's like it can form into anything. And I know you as an entrepreneur and that being where you're adding these creative juices and creative solutions that you find, are there yeah. any other creative outlets that you do? Um, or even within entrepreneurship, how would you say creativity is the biggest uh, thing that you're using for it? Yeah, I think, so uh, tell me a little bit more about, about what you mean outlets, because I have an idea, but mm-hmm. I, want, I want to make so sure So for me, I would have to summarize mine first by saying like I make videos, I yeah. take pictures, and I do some graphic design. I sketch every now and then. Yeah. But uh, that's what I'm doing on a day-to-day. But at heart, I'm an entrepreneur looking to start up other businesses right now the main business i'm focused on is content creation so that's what i'm doing a lot of but for me my creativity is in in the sense of like actually creating these images that people are seeing or capturing different experiences so and i know that creativity is in all these different 
lanes. Like some people don't look at the sewer system as being yeah. creative, but somebody had to make connections yeah. in order to come up with a concept That's for right. where things that we flush down a toilet are going to end up going. <laughs> right. Businesses like the startup. If it, is this still the startup that you had came to Start Garden for? Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like that one found a solution. Um, by connecting all these different yep. issues that people yep. had or stuff that people would end up finding out. I'm still running into the problem right now. Like we just got a membership at WeWork because I'm sick of trying to find coffee shops yeah. in a new city. Um, and then also even still with that, like we were at the WeWork, but we didn't connect with anybody because there was we didn't know who was open to Straight connecting up. or not. So for you, like, is it is it just entrepreneurship that you're doing creatively? or And then how are you applying creativity to that? I, I think I think it is. I would say my main lane is, is entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I also think that a good outlet for me is just conversation. So mm-hmm. like, believe it or not, when we when you and I walk away from this conversation, there's going to be something that I take away and apply it to something, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like even when I speak about things, it helps me hone them. I, I feel like it helps me shape those things, whether I'm speaking to one person or I'm speaking on a panel or I'm speaking to a small hand, handful of people. Like, I love feedback and I love really just putting ideas out there and then allowing that process to like go. And so like, I'll, for example, I was at a networking event earlier today and really just trying to think about, all right, I've got to be talking about this business now. How am I going to talk about it in a way that people get it? You know, mm-hmm. and, and because I was in the moment, it forced my brain to really kind of go. So I use conversation a lot as as an outlet, but entrepreneurship, I would say, is like my primary thing in this, you know, with, with business and entrepreneurship, while, yeah, we're in it to make money, but I think about it in, in such a way as that I want to create things that are going to be here long after I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And so that adds to legacy for me. And so that's what really inspires me to continue to use entrepreneurship as an outlet, because hopefully these businesses and the things that people do with the business and, and uh, with my particular platform, hopefully people's lives change from what we're building and creating. Yeah. And so to me, entrepreneurship is my main way that I use creativity and push that creativity out, out into the world. But it, it can be scary too because like Erica Badu said, like I'm an artist, so mm-hmm. keep in mind I'm sensitive about my shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like same thing with entrepreneurship. Like when you start putting those things out there and people are gonna be using those things, you're still very sensitive about, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That probably you want it to be so perfect. But long story less long, like like yeah, entrepreneurship is is my primary outlet. I always end up learning something from these podcasts myself. And I even was just briefly talking to you about it, how it's a project that I'm working on right now, but I've already gathered something from I never looked at my conversations that I have as that opportunity for it. Just because for me, like public speaking ends up coming or even communicating with people ends up coming because of what I'm doing. That being one of your big outlets, uh, that's how I met you. You were speaking at an event um, for Grab and Garner Rapids a few years ago. You were using creativity while you're doing that. And then just before this, you connected me with Ashley. Like that connection came from you saying, okay, here's two things that can work better together. You know, and so after this, I'll shoot her an email and end up becoming something. I can really appreciate that. And it is inspiring. Where did you get your start for it all? Like I know about you as a young entrepreneur, but yeah, yeah, how would you how would you say you started entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I I I, you know, as a kid, man, I I used to sell my toys when I got done playing with them. That didn't make my mom too happy. Like she would be like, Where's your game boy? And I'd be like, I sold it. She'd be like, You 
sold it. And I was like, yeah, like I sold it. And I thought that like I'm done playing with it, so I might as well like make a profit off of it. <laughs> and then, you know, I started just selling random things as I got older. Mm-hmm. When I was in college, I sold shoes some. Like I would buy some shoes for cheap online and then, you know, sell them. And like now that's an actual thing, yep. stock X, right? And so like I would just always try to find a way to make ends meet. I, I think I'm most drawn to people who are entrepreneurs out of necessity because like they're like, all right, I can't get a job. I'm struggling. So like I've got to create, I've got to be an entrepreneur in order to literally make life work. And so that's really inspiring to me. And I think that that's what led me to opening up a co-working space back home in Chattanooga where people who work a nine to five job can literally come to a space when they get off of work and share ideas with each other and collaborate because those side hustlers, they can't quit their job to Mm -hmm. go full time on their start like everybody starts off most people start off working a nine to five job while they're trying to build and moonlight and create their their idea or their business or whatever it is that that they're wanting to do in in the evening hours and so like really started to fall in love with that and really started to fall in love with the process of watching people really go from working a job to working on their idea at night to maybe sometimes even transitioning to working on their idea full time. And so, you know, entrepreneurship is is inspirational to me. Um, and it's something that that I think is just kind of kind of in me. I always look to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of started from a from an early age with with that and then just kind of kind of grow over me over the years. So you're the resident entrepreneur at uh, Rock Ventures. Yep. Were you always an entrepreneur? Like, have you always been? Or did you, I used to work at Wendy's from like 14 to, to 17. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. uh, welcome to Wendy's, how am I take your order? Yeah. Um, did you ever have to work? Yeah, yeah. Else's? No, I, I worked I worked a lot of jobs. My first job that I ever worked, I was, I was a bag boy at okay. a grocery store. So I, I used to like, you know, take groceries out to people's cars and yeah. stuff like that. So I haven't always, always been an entrepreneur. You know, the first legitimate business that I started as an adult uh, was a mobile oil change business. And um, before I, I started it, I was actually working in government. Okay. And so I was um, really just working, trying to help people get jobs and workforce development and things of that nature. And then had the idea for the business, um, ended up getting the business funded and then quit that job to go to go full time. So I respect both hustles. You know, mm-hmm. I see both sides of it. Like, I think uh, entrepreneurship has become very fashionable. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times people think that, oh, in order to be fulfilled, they have to, you know, get into entrepreneurship. I don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true. But I do think if if entrepreneurship is something that's your calling and if you really want to dedicate yourself to solving other people's problems for the rest of your life, then definitely do that. But but my journey to entrepreneurship has has kind of ebbed and flowed, you know, yeah. over the years. So you kind of talked about um, you loving entrepreneurship when it comes from a necessity. Yeah. What should, because I know a lot of people even who've listened to this podcast messaged me and said, like, I appreciate hearing some other people's stories. What do you suggest to people who have that necessity but don't have the means for it yet? Like you were saying, you were able to get that first business funded. I've got a friend who works at a glasses shop and he's interested in being a full-time photographer but doesn't have the equipment or doesn't have like what. And again, that's more of in my lane, but there's, you know, those other businesses when you did have the business ideas but didn't have those resources that were needed. What are some of those things they should be doing? So I think that the the biggest thing is at some point the resources are going to come if you're hungry enough. But what you also have to be mindful of is 
um, being a good steward of those resources and really taking the time to hone your craft. Entrepreneurship is a craft and you've really got to hone that craft in on what it is that you're doing, right? Because a lot of times people have the idea, but they don't know anything about expenses and revenue, profit and loss and like all of these different things that are going to make and break your business. Mm -hmm. And I would suggest people really go to like business planning programs or find a mentor that's going to help them navigate through those things. Because again, at the end of the day, it's not just about your product or service. This is a business. And the moment you blow through your resources, you may not get another chance, right? Mm -hmm. And then also, if, if you are... If you are an entrepreneur out of necessity, then you likely have even fewer resources. And so before you start, you really need to like get all the information that you possibly can get to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance that you have in order to not blow through those resources when when that opportunity comes. Because I think that that's not something that a lot of people talk about. I also don't think that a lot of people talk about time. This is something that is going to take a lot of time and dedication for you to you to have to embark upon. And so you got to start getting rid of some things that really take over your time right now if you're wanting to, you know, go full time into uh, in, into entrepreneurship. But but the first step, I think, is just getting as much knowledge as you possibly can before you before you decide to go out and start the business. Now, did you finish school? I did. I, okay. I, I finished uh, school four years. I got a degree in um, communications with a concentration in marketing. Okay. You now, know? are you black or white about that? Are you like, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to just run your idea? Or are you saying you need to go to school, make connections? Um, which one do you think is more of I think for me, if my kids ever tell me that they don't want to go to college, mm -hmm. I would say cool, because I don't think that you should go to college and get a degree and get in the debt and then get out and not even work in that particular field. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I don't think that that's a, a good use, because this day and age, getting a college degree is very easy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can get one online. There's so many different yep. ways that, that you can do it. And I think that... Like I would tell my kids, if you're going to get like a degree in something very broad, like communications, now nah, you probably don't want to do that. But if you want to get something like more concentrated or yeah. even if you want to go to like um, get a trade, yeah. like go go to trade school or something like that. But like if you learn to be a plumber, if you learn to be a technician, like that's great. You'll you'll leave making a whole lot more money <laughs> fresh yeah. out of yeah. fresh out of that program than I did, you know, with a with a communications degree and facts. a whole lot of loans. And so it's like. I, I'm not one way or another on it. Mm -hmm. I think it really depends on the person. It really depends on the field that they're trying to go into and the why that, that they're trying to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think that if if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't feel like you necessarily have to go to college. But college is very good for making connections, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got literally, you could, you could build a business with your peers in college. Like if somebody, if one person is studying marketing and another person is studying finance and another person is, you know, studying whatever else, Boom! That's your team right there. Yep. You know what I mean? Y'all get an idea. Y'all all huddle up, and you know y'all y'all launch the business. And then you got the college campus that you could use to to beta test, and you know what I mean, yeah. like all of that type of stuff. So it definitely has its pros and cons to it. I agree. I agree. Would you say because it's the knowledge thing that I'm pulling on? Because um, for people like me, I dropped out. The business just got too busy, and it's definitely not even something that I regret at all. I yep. do got a lot of student loans that I'm paying back, yep. but I wasn't really learning things that I could yep. apply. Um, you probably regret in starting in the first place. I, that's what yeah. the <laughs> I, I should have just went to uh, LCC and finished up there right. um, so up. that I could uh, have that associates and give it to my mom. But yeah. with that, 
of course, we're down here at South by Southwest. I forgot to even start out with that. This Shout place that. has so many different things going on. Even like I've only been able to hear the panels that are here at Michigan House, and I've already been able to learn things. I know that you're learning and growing, meeting mm-hmm. people out here, practicing your creativity by having these conversations and speaking on panels yourself. Other than South by, what are other ways or, or the like things that you go to? And I kind of want to. I know it could be something like reading a book or a mentor, but yeah. I almost want to say, is there anything similar to South by more of that? has that real concentrated growth that you go to around the country or um, even back in your home in Detroit? Yeah, I, uh, one thing that sticks out to me is there's a conference in L.A. called Summit. I, I really dig Summit. Um, I, I think with Summit, you have to be in, invited or you have to apply to a, to attend. And they are, they try to be very intentional about making sure that people can make those connections with one another because okay. that's the biggest thing, right, is you know is that knowledge share. Like, you'll be able to sit in on a workshop. You'll be able to sit in on a panel or whatever the case may be and learn some things. But that peer-to-peer learning and just throwing people in a room and, like, allowing them to share ideas uh, with one another, that's invaluable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, those are the types of opportunities that I, that I appreciate a lot. The other thing... Actually, you know, you know, back in in Detroit, I just got like a solid circle of folks that I bounce ideas off of often, that mm-hmm. I meet with often, that I network with often, because I just trust them and I trust the way that their minds think about certain things, and I try to like visit those people as much as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I know that there are people who are going to tell me the truth. They're going to keep me accountable, and like I I trust their vision on on things. And so even if you can't afford to go to a conference friends or you can't afford to go to a particular event, just find a core group of people who you really know will encourage you, that are down for you, that'll keep it real with you, but have a good head on their shoulders. And then, you know, spend a lot of time with those people. Like one of my one of my best friends, Genesis, he's an artist. He um, takes his poems and puts them into physical art pieces. Yeah. He's n- not doing anything remotely close to what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. But I yeah. talk with him all the time, right? Because he has his creative process that he goes through. He's seeing things. He's building things. He's an entrepreneur. And so I just trust the way that his brain thinks about things. And I know that he'll be very honest with me and so like spend a lot of time with those type of people i like that a lot i've myself have a few good people of course they've like came and went um earlier on when i started out i had like a set group of friends and all three of us we were working on businesses and we kind of just grew apart in that sense but i still know that where i was at that time it was awesome for us to be able to bounce those ideas off of each other really test out stuff uh, with each other to figure out whether or not it's that's something right. that we should continue to pursue. That's right. And those circles will change maybe, you know, yeah. and that's okay. But like, regardless, always make sure that you're at least in some type of circle that you're continuing to to mm-hmm. grow and, and push and, and you're sharpening other people too. I like that. Yeah. So you talked about your legacy and that being one of those things that are even one of your creative processes, things that you're thinking about while you're coming up with these different solutions through business. Yeah. What would you say is something else that keeps you going when you are dog tired, exhausted, um, or even honestly on that latter half when it's like things are going well yeah. and it's you know that like for the next month if you did nothing you have meetings every yeah. day or like you know things are just going well what keeps you uh keeps you driving yeah. even when it's like good or bad yeah yeah i'm i'm actually really glad that you asked me that question because one thing that i've tried to make sure that I do and try to be very intentional about doing this year is staying even keel. Mm -hmm. Like I literally have been like talking to myself about that a lot, talking to some other people that I trust saying that that's going to be my thing for 2019 is like stay even keel because like when things get really bad, I'm trying not to get too low Mm -hmm. and they aren't looking good. And when things are looking good and 
you know, really exciting things are happening, you know, not get too excited, right? Mm-hmm. Because always wanted to just, the, the goal is to always keep things into perspective, right? And stay even keel through all of those things because I feel like when I'm even keel, I can make the best possible decisions. Yeah. When things are bad and we may hit the panic button or start to freak out or whatever, we're not making the best decisions. When things are good and we over-celebrate or we get overzealous about whatever, we're not making the best you know, decisions. And so staying even kill has been a reminder for me constantly this year. I like that a lot. And again, that's something that even just more recently for me um, has been a thing. Uh, this last four weeks, I made a post on Facebook. I was like, in the next four weeks, Carbon Storage is going to be in one other country, six different states. Like We we have a lot going on. Um, but I also knew that even while we're doing all this travel, like how can I maintain that hustle? Um, but I like that, like making it even that jog almost versus always trying to sprint yeah. or, or trying to sit here and walk that even kill jog headed towards the destination. That's right. That's right. Because it's, and it's more from an emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like business is tough. Our emotions get wrapped up into this stuff so much. Like there, we miss time with our families. We miss time with our friends. We, we, we bet big, we lose big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff can be emotionally draining. Yeah. And so us just keeping our emotions really even kill is going to be very beneficial to us in the long run. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because we're, we're playing a long game. And so you can't get affected by every single uh, bump or, or, or it can't be like a roller coaster along the way because you'll drop out early. Yeah, I like that. As you're continuing to push through, continuing to grow, what would you say some of your future plans are? I know you've got this business launching yep. in the summer. Yep. On top of that, are, are there any more like um, oil change idea companies yeah, or anything that yeah, like yeah. solves one of those like everyday issues at all yeah. that you've got coming up? Or yeah, no, nothing nothing else other than other than the business. So mm-hmm. with, with, with this business, our goal is to keep people from making blind decisions about who they network with face to face. And like that's a that's a huge thing. We all know that like our net our net worth is our network. And we all know that it's about making those connections in order to take our things to the next level. But we are right now making those decisions blind and we oftentimes can't get in a room with the right people at the right place at the right time. And so like I'm really focused on solving that problem with this business yeah. and hopefully a lot of ambitious people, freelancers, mobile workers, um, remote workers workers, things of that nature, like, will really gravitate to this and, and use it in such a way that's going to help them make those type of connections that they want to make and be more intentional and concentrated about those things. And then also just get into some rooms that they may not even know exist. I mean, so that's the biggest problem that, I, that I'm wanting to solve right now with this business. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge undertaking. And so I, I think I'll, I'll just be primarily focused on it for, for the remainder of 20, 2019 and 2020. But, you know, who knows if some other things come along along the way. You know, I definitely want to surround myself with the right people that can help me address other issues too or, or pass those things off to them. But I'm really passionate about solving solving this one right now. That sounds like a good plan. And that's similar to me. You yeah. know, you never know as an entrepreneur what ideas or what things you're going to wake up with in the middle of the night. It's like what but, we talked about earlier, right? Going into your creative process, not yes. binding, binding yourself in because you never know like what verticals are going to pop up. Like two years ago, you probably didn't even know that you were no. going to be jumping into the podcast stuff, right? No, but but here you are, right? Because it just makes sense for that for that particular time. And yes. so want to keep my mind open about those things, but also stay focused on, on, a, on a particular path. I like that. When it comes to the entrepreneurship side, as an entrepreneur, you've always got to be filling holes, especially when the company is smaller. You doing a business, do you code yourself uh, or like with the website and everything? Have you been coding? 
support? No. So so I'm not. I don't have an engineering background at yeah. all. I'm I'm learning a lot of the 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 language and trying to be able to speak the language as mm-hmm. we get ready to hire engineers and and are outsourcing for this build and things of that nature. So some things are starting to stick, but I do know that it's going to be super critical for us to like find good engineering talent that can be a part of our team that that want to be a part of our team for the long haul. Yeah. And so I'm I'm learning a lot along the way because just I mean just like you said like as when you're a small team and especially as the founder and the CEO like you have to wear a ton of hats. Mm-hmm. I mean and you know me I wear a lot of hats just generally speaking yeah. anyway like <laughs> like actual hats like literally but <laughs> but now in business I'm figuratively you know wearing a ton of hats just to make sure things are things are going smooth. So that part is is not always the easiest but mm-hmm. it's 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 sharpening my tools yeah. in my tool belt, you know. So um, well, where, but, where are those areas then that you're like, okay, I know this is out of my wheelhouse. I'm going to have to bring in somebody yeah. versus saying like, okay, it just makes more sense for it to be at that level of perfection that I want to bring. Because that's honestly something that I... I wouldn't say that I've struggled with in the sense of wanting to keep it because for me, it's like I want other people to be doing it. Right. But it's like I know that there's more risk now of them doing it because they don't see it the way I see it. Right. What are the areas in the business that you're like, OK, this isn't I'm not good at this or like yeah. it's not a good use of my time to learn this? Yeah, I, I think the finance side of things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really good with like the vision and understanding where we need to get to. But. I don't want to leave a lot of money on the table while I do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, somebody that really helped me figure out how I can monetize a lot of these different verticals and different aspects that we're wanting to tap into mm-hmm. is something that I really want to outsource and be able to partner with somebody on, you know, as opposed to just like coming up with the idea figuring out a good use case for understanding that this is something that people want to do, right, but not charging for or not knowing, like, who to charge for it and that kind of stuff or yeah. how to in- insert that into projections that are going to lead us to get, you know, to to hit the milestones that we want to hit. So on the financial side, for sure, the engineering side, for sure, like, again, I, I have the vision for that, but but that's something that I, that I want to outsource, not, not outsource, but partner with. And so I think that those would be the two things that, that I would say specifically that I really want to surround myself with the team that's going to be able to help me do that. In past businesses, has there been anything that you're like, oh, I thought I could do this, but I can't? (laughs) Or like, and then even with that, when did you realize it? Was it after something went bad or was it like, oh, these goals aren't being met? Yeah, I think for me, I drastically underestimated uh, the importance of of good design. Okay, I thought that oh, if you got a good product, then yeah. people are gonna <laughs> like it, and then they're gonna use it, and then you'll be rich, and then it's whatever. <laughs> like, but nah, man, like your design from your your website to your logo to you know the look and feel of you know as people navigate through your app to everything, mm-hmm. man. Like good design is really, really, nice. really important. And so I think that early on as an entrepreneur, that's something that I did not put as much focus on. Anybody that's listening, I highly encourage you to focus on the design and the look and the feel um, and the experience that your users have with from the time that they go to your website to the time that they leave for whatever you know it is that you're, that you're uh, offering to them and any anything in between from an experience standpoint, like good design is really really critical. So I would say that that's a that's a lesson that I had to learn the hard way early on. I 100% agree. One of the other businesses that I am starting up is on my personal brand side, and it's called Lachey Design. And my tagline for that is "Everything created is designed," uh, or every yeah, everything created is designed and. Behind that is like 
I, per, I genuinely believe everything created is designed, but some things are designed intentionally or created intentionally. And some of those things are just aimlessly created. And you can easily see that. Or some people are going to say like, oh, this can just be done or this looks fine red. But it's like, okay, well, why is it red? Yeah. And I even bring that into business because with the company, um, it's more of just me and, and who I am. But it's like my solutions that I'm able to help people come up with for sure, different yeah. business ideas that they have um, or just talking through like concepts that they may have, yeah. even down to a business plan. I think that's something that ends up getting designed. Uh, and if you're just throwing together like, oh, this is what I do, you know, that doesn't mean just because you said it's cool, it doesn't mean it's cool. Right. Like what actually makes it cool and what's right. the purpose behind it? What's that process to create that? So yeah, I yeah. agree. Design, yeah, the, it looks, feel, from customer experience to everything. Yeah, it's critical. Um, so that is all the questions and things that I have. What would you say though, just to, to end the listeners, what would you say is a good way for people to make sure that they are staying creative? We kind of talked about it in the beginning with your process, but uh, how should they make sure that they're creating daily? What are things that they should be doing? Throw, throw yourself into uncommon things, right? So don't don't always you know go to a routine. If there's a if there's a conference that you wouldn't typically go to, go. Mm-hmm. If there's a conversation with a person that you wouldn't typically have, have it because all of those things are going to spark your creativity. You stepping outside of your comfort zone, you stepping outside of your your normal way of business, your normal way of life. And and even though it's a little bit uncomfortable and it's a little bit awkward at first, there's going to be something that sparks something. And again, just stay very open-minded about that process. And I think that that's what's really going to be able to allow you to to really be able to hone in on that. And there's some gems that can be found in that. And so the biggest thing that I would say is like, don't only be unafraid of, you know, stepping outside of your, you know, your normal routines and that kind of stuff. Actually embrace it. Actually, like, actively seek out ways that you can step outside of those things so that you can really start to take a look at what's out there. Travel, like, whatever the, whatever you need to do. Go to uncommon places, whatever, um, so that you can really unlock your creativity in a real way. I just got to reiterate, I honestly am learning while I'm talking to the people that I'm bringing on this podcast, and it's all people who I've had a friendship with before and and it's been real cool to uh to be able to say like i'm getting inspired just from talking like yeah. we've been ta- we talked yesterday Straight you know up. we we talked when you came by the office but still like it's it's really edifying and, and good to know like that nugget alone like i can apply to my life and i know that it'll uh add to my creativity and so yeah. i appreciate that yeah for that's sure. everything that we've got here i do want to appreciate and thank everybody for listening feel free to share um feel free to email me if you have any questions or things that you would like for me to talk about specifically on the podcast and make sure that you uh create daily 